Welcome to Living with Technology. And now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So I don't normally rant and rave about things, especially when it comes to technology, but I'm going to do that today a little bit. So I'm going to apologize in advance because this gets me a little worked up. So and I'm talking about infrastructure studies. And I'm going to put a little preface on this so you understand where I'm coming from. So back in 1900, um, New York City was facing a crazy problem. And it probably happened in a few other cities across our country and around the world at that time too. But I think you have to, but I'm going to go back to this study because this is what I know. So in 1900, uh, the study was, um, the city had went ahead with this study. And to deal with this major problem, and the problem was horse manure. So the study comes back and it states that by the year 1920, horse manure or the horse manure on streets is going to be three times as much as what they are experiencing right now. So 20 years from now, three times as much. So the city believes this study and starts to gear up for this. They they spend money, take time, resources, all this stuff to get ready for what they think is going to be this a major problem. But of course, the study just totally ignores the fact that there is this thing called the horseless carriage. I don't know if the people that were putting the study together at that time just thought it was a fad, that it was just going to be for the rich and it wasn't going to have that big of an impact. But regardless, it happened. And of course, when you look at a photo of Central Park in the year 1920, you can count in one hand the amount of horses that you see and, of course, the hundreds and hundreds of cars around. And over the course of the next, you know, 10 or 20 more years after that, the whole country uh, became where you found very few horses doing work, whether it was in the fields or what have you, uh, you know, for transportation. And I truly feel that we are kind of in the same space right now. So you see all these infrastructure programs, studies, whatever coming out where we need more roads, we need more bridges, we need all of this other stuff because traffic is getting snarled up in places or whatever. And I feel like they're just forgetting about the fact that we have you know, EVs coming out, whether you're for or against electric vehicles. But there's no doubt that autonomous vehicles are coming, self-driving vehicles are coming, and flying cars are coming. I've been in two myself. And I just think that, you know, when you start looking at infrastructure studies that look at, you know, traffic patterns 10 and 20 years from now and that type of thing, and they're totally ignoring the coming wave of technology and we're going to spend billions upon billions, if not trillions of dollars on infrastructure needs to build new roads and all this other stuff when we're going to be able to utilize our roads much more efficiently moving forward. We're going to the air more, which means that we don't even need to put bridges in because we can just fly over the water. 
And then I look at the pandemic and the amount of people that might not even be going back to work in a traditional way that a lot of people are going to probably be working from home because we accelerated that, right? We accelerated the gig economy and people got used to not having to commute, especially in large cities, you know, two, three hours a day, snarled up in traffic and all this other stuff. I just think that the combination of all this stuff makes these studies obsolete. And like I said, I don't want to get on my high horse about this, but I don't know about you, but I'm okay if I don't have to pay all the crazy taxes to support all this stuff. What I would rather see is the pothole on my street getting fixed. Can somebody just please fix it? Let's take the money that we're putting on all of this stuff to expand these new roads and all this other stuff and just fix the stuff we have. Let's make the stuff that we have really, really, really good. I just think that would be a better route to go. You know, because the money is there. If we're not expanding stuff, we could actually go and fix the stuff that we have problems with already. I would be happy. Somebody give me some some road patch, whatever you call that stuff to fix potholes. I mean, if you brought me a couple bags of that, I'd go personally fix that pothole. I'm just saying. But you can't do that nowadays. You can't get your community, your people that live on the block or whatever, just go out and fix the road. You got to go through all this stuff to do this. So if that's the case, then please, please stop paying attention to these crazy studies when they totally ignore the technology we have coming at us right now and fix my pothole. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. I don't mean to get on a rant about this, but this really goes into the next thing. So um, Waymo, a division of Google, they've been uh, they've actually deployed driverless taxis in the Phoenix area, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I believe that they are – it wouldn't surprise me if they're in a few other areas as well. But they have a whole fleet of these and – you just call, basically use your app and Waymo will come and pick you up in this van-like vehicle. It's got some crazy looking funky sensors on top and off the side with LiDAR, 19 cameras. Uh, it can see up to three football fields away from where you're driving right now, 360 degrees around the vehicle. And I guess the driving experience is pretty good. Vehicle pulls up to where you're at. You get in the vehicle. It actually recognizes you because of the app on your phone. It greets you by name. Although there's nobody in the vehicle, nobody behind the wheel to drive you to where it's going to take you. So uh, I guess that's been working very well. It's been in a few minor accidents, uh, 18 of them to be exact to this point, uh, all caused by other drivers around them. So that's interesting as well. The actual technology hasn't created accidents. It's just been involved with others that have, you know, backed into them or, or ran a light or what have you and, and hit it. It's also less expensive. 
than a regular taxi because you're not paying for the person behind the wheel to drive you around. Uh, safe in the pandemic as well because you're not being exposed to another driver who may have been exposed to people before and they're actually disinfecting the vehicles in between rides uh, to make it even better. They have an air circulation system that uh, I think they claim that they uh, exchange the air, 99% of the air within a minute. So, you know, any airborne type of viruses like coronavirus, COVID-19, um, or other coronaviruses would not be in there. So I think it's interesting and, you know, hats off to Google and Waymo for continuing to move forward in this technology. I've personally been in over 40 driverless vehicles myself, uh, almost was in an accident in one of them. The car reacted much more quickly than I ever would have. I would have hit the car. It short-stopped in front of the vehicle. I would have just hit it. We were trained, you know, we're trained to look to the left or in eight lanes of traffic uh, on the outside lane and... The car actually took the shoulder of the road uh, to get around the vehicle. I would have been looking to the left to see if there was room over there. By that time, I would have hit the vehicle in front of us. So I have a, you know, because I've been in so many of them, I have a level of trust, probably more so than most. I know that that's probably the biggest thing for most people. In fact, AAA just came out with a study that stated that only 14% of the country uh, or at least 14% of the people in that survey will or would, if given the opportunity, get in a vehicle without a driver. So it's got a long ways to go, and I understand the trust issue. I had that right away myself, but I will say uh, I'm excited to actually experience the technology in Phoenix. I haven't had that opportunity yet. I might actually just go there to do that. Uh, probably will go and, and do some type of story on that and just anxious to give it a try in a true sense. I've always been in vehicles, even though they were driving by themselves, all of the driverless vehicles I've been in to this point have had an engineer or somebody that was sitting behind the wheel, even though the car was driving by itself, there was somebody there to take over in case something were to happen. This would be the first experience I would have had that I will have in a driverless ground vehicle. Um, I've been into flying cars that are totally autonomous. They go up in the air and fly around, and that's a, that's the next thing, right? I find I find that you know the driverless vehicle, of course, uh, ground based vehicle, will have a lot of potential. I think that besides moving people around, and this is the other thing with that study, going back to that, we'll get to that first. Um, the ability for an autonomous vehicle to do ride sharing and that type of thing is greatly enhanced. So if you're going to your job site and somebody that lives three blocks away from you is going to their job site, which is pretty close to where you go to, and you both leave at about the same time, an autonomous vehicle will be able to actually pick you up and that other person up and maybe even a third person. You've probably experienced ride sharing in Uber and Lyft already. It's going to be very similar to that, but much more efficient. So it's going to reduce the number of vehicles on the road already. I find it interesting when I go to LA and New York and 
Dallas and other areas. I live in North Dakota, by the way. Um, so we don't have these type of things, issues here as far as traffic goes. But when I travel in these areas and they have the express lanes for two or more passengers and I have another person with me and I hop in that express lane and I, you know, of course in, in six lanes of traffic, there's an express lane. The other five lanes are packed and the express lane just flows along just fine. So even though we're encouraged to do ride sharing, we're really not doing that. And then, of course, the other thing that I really love about the autonomous vehicle situation is the ability to be more efficient. You know, you think about how we used to use our cell phones and cars before, and many of you may still have this where they're not actually synced to your vehicle, but one of the features that I love about my newer car is the fact that it's become my telephone. I I call people that I've never had long conversations with before, like my mom, for example. You know, it used to be where there were just nice short conversations or what have you. But if I get on the road and I want to visit with somebody, I, I, I like nothing more than to hop on the phone in there. And it gives you nice time to visit with somebody, right? Well, imagine taking that to the next level, right? I mean, you could have video calls. If you're not driving, you could have video calls with your friends and family. The work opportunity that you could have, you know, um, you know, some of our most famous writers would actually write books uh, while they were on subways and that type of thing, that five or 10 minutes or whatever that they'd get every day, they would utilize that time to do that. You know, there are passions that you could you could uh, take advantage of. Maybe you, instead of uh, driving, you could catch up on that series that you want so that when you get home, you have time. You know, if you've been watching, wanting to watch a particular television show or whatever, you could do that while you're driving or riding. And then while you're at home, you can spend more time with your family or what have you. So, I mean, they're just the amount of time – that is useful time as opposed to driving time uh, will be greatly enhanced for all of us, which I think even if you're caught up in traffic or whatever, you're not behind the wheel driving. The autonomous vehicle is doing this so you can become more productive. And in fact, one of the vehicles I was in not too long ago uh, was a Microsoft vehicle and it wasn't even about the autonomous features of the vehicle. They were leaving that to some, to another company they were more interested in the opportunity to en- engulf you in their technology. Their, your, it becomes your workspace almost, right? You can you can talk to your car. You can you can you know dictate emails and send those off. Uh, the dashboard becomes a video screen. You have you know, all kinds of work opportunities that are going to be unveiled as, as we move forward while we're in our vehicles now. So um, that ability to, to, to work, to communicate or whatever, uh, that time is going to be given back to us. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting to here. So I, th- I just think that that's going to be such an amazing thing. You know, living in North Dakota, we – as opposed to like an L.A., New York, Dallas, whatever uh, type of scenario where you get caught up in a lot of traffic and you measure your commute time in in minutes and hours or whatever. We kind of do the same thing here, but it isn't so much about 
mileage, I guess. You know, you in L.A., you might live four miles from work and it might take you an hour to get there or whatever. You know, here, um, you know, our our largest town in the state is Fargo, North Dakota, which is 200 miles, three hours for us. And there's we think nothing of hopping in the car and driving those three hours to go to a meeting or whatever. I'd love nothing more that if than during the workday uh, where I could get other work done while commuting to that meeting. It would be absolutely incredible to have that happen. So looking forward to that, you know, the other opportunities, I think business opportunities will be greatly enhanced. Uh, the ability to have, you know, right now we really got used to going to pick up our groceries and even have some of that stuff delivered during the pandemic. That's really going to be enhanced with autonomous vehicles coming on the road now. You can hop online, order your stuff, and it will be delivered to your work or to your house via an autonomous vehicle. There are projects in the works where, um, you know, maybe you need some ingredients for supper tonight. And there'll be like a convenience, like a pro- – I shouldn't even say a convenience store, but I think that would happen. That will happen too. But like a produce vehicle – Right, that'll roll up in front of your house, and you can pick carrots and potatoes and broccoli uh, that have been stocked, you know, into the vehicle, and then it just rolls around and fulfills those those things that you need. You know, the ice cream truck of the future might look totally different than than what we have now that are that's going through our neighborhoods. That convenience store. Um, you know, you're you're thirsty for a cherry coke or what have you. Uh, you might have a convenience store on wheels that you'll just uh, summon up, and your your uh, convenience store will show up, and and they might have a frozen food section with some pizzas and stuff in there, some soft drinks. Who knows uh, where this all goes? But I certainly see vending machine type opportunities on wheels as we move forward in our autonomous world as well. And of course, delivery of uh, all kinds of food, packages, you know, all of that stuff is really going to take place uh, with driverless vehicles being able to be dispatched. And and all of this, of course, um, will be done a lot more efficiently than what we have going on right now. So, you know, you might even see scenarios where like the pizza driver – that is delivering pizzas in the evening in your community um, becomes a driverless uh, vehicle and they might even bake the pizza along the way, right? So you will still get your piping hot fresh pizza and the ability for it to be smart about it. So again, your neighbor that's three blocks away ordered a pizza. Well, right now the scenario is is that the driver would go back to the pizza shop, pick up another pizza, go back out, deliver the pizza, come back to the pizza shop, pick up another one. This scenario might be where they'll load up three or four pizzas and because they know it takes 10 minutes to bake them or whatever, they'll send one out to the next one. But in route, the next pizza starts to get baked so that it's ready to be, you know, nice and hot by the time it gets to the second place. So that vehicle might be able to do three or four deliveries in in 15 or 20 minutes as opposed to one driver that might be able to do it in an hour. So I just think that there's all kinds of interesting ways that driverless vehicles are going to enhance our 
ability for businesses, you know, pharmacies is another one where, you know, if you need your prescription or whatever, we could talk about this all day. Um, just all kinds of opportunities as, as we move forward in the driverless world. So anyway, again, don't believe in infrastructures. If you, if you sit on the city or state government and, or even national federal government, and you're looking at these studies coming in right now for infrastructure, come on, please don't spend 50 million or a hundred million dollars for another overpass that may or may not be needed because there's a, uh, a new subdivision going in somewhere or a bridge 20 miles up the road. Uh, you know, maybe it makes sense, but I th please consider the technology coming at us because it may not make sense at all because I think the usage of roads is going to go down. Um, well, at least in, in as far as the congestion times is going to drop quite a bit. You might still have the same amount of traffic, the way that it's being utilized um, will be a lot better because our vehicles, our world is going to be more, um, you know, it's just going to get smarter. And one of the other cool things about autonomous vehicles, by the way, and, and companies like Lyft, Uber, Waymo now, uh, other, other uh, ride-sharing type of scenarios, is that you'll be able to sync those to your calendar. So let's say you, you know, the you may only be like a, in the future where maybe, you know, now you have two or three cars in your family and you need a two or three car garage and all this other things that go along with that. You may only have one car for maybe like long trips that you take yourself, but for your everyday stuff, you're going to just leave that up to ride sharing companies because it's going to sync to your calendar. So if you go to work, let's say you need to be to work at eight o'clock in the morning, um, the car is just going to show up in front of your house. Because it needs, it knows it needs to be there by seven forty-two to deliver you there by eight o'clock, for example. And when you have meetings during the day and you're going to those meetings, the car is going to show up in front of your workplace and take you to those meetings. And if you pencil it out, even right now, most people will would save money in ride sharing versus car ownership. When you consider the cost of the car, the fuel, the insurance. You know, the cost of that garage or, you know, whatever you're parking, whatever you're doing with that vehicle, you would be shocked to learn that you'll be saving money by using Lyft and Uber and other ride-sharing technologies right now. Imagine when there aren't drivers in there. They expect that the cost of ride-sharing is going to go down by another third over the next decade because we won't be using actual drivers anymore. So that'll save you a lot of money right there as well. So we'll get into the job piece another thing, another time. I know the things I'm talking about are going to save us money because we're not going to have to pay for labor cost in those areas. But I will, I'm going to have another program sometime in the future where we're going to talk about how we, when we go through these technological evolutions, revolutions, whatever you want to call them, that we emerge on the other side with even more job opportunities. And I feel that that's, this is going to be the same way as well, but we'll get into that another time. Um, so enough on that. Cryptocurrency has been intriguing me a lot lately. So Bitcoin, uh, Deutschcoin, uh, Hajcoin, I think is how it's pronounced, H-O-G-E coin is uh, another one that's been a hot topic, of course. Uh, Ethereum, uh, Litecoin, you know, 
I used to think that this was just a joke, and I still have one half of my brain that says so, and the other half is like, I'm an idiot because I could have and did have. I, did, I, I mined Bitcoin for a while. I, I think I have 40 or 50 Bitcoin on some hard drive someplace that I threw away because it was only worth a couple bucks a piece at the time or whatever. Yeah, I'm an idiot. That's, you know, millions of dollars probably that I threw a cease. 50 times 50, $2.5 million. I mean, what's the big deal? It's just money. We'll print more tomorrow, right? That's how it works. Um, but obviously, it's not such a joke anymore. It's become quite a thing. And I'm actually diving into it a little bit. And I'm learning. I'm reading. And as I'm learning and reading about cryptocurrency, what I've learned probably more than anything else is you have to be careful. I am, I guess I shouldn't be shocked at the number of scams and that type of thing in this space because it's so popular. Anything that becomes really popular has some anonymity to it. Of course, even opens it up to even more scams and that type of thing. So I think the best thing a person can do, I will tell you, I don't think it's a bad idea to get into cryptocurrency. I think you have to trust who you're going to work with. Uh, if you're going to buy cryptocurrency, um, you know, places like PayPal have now become involved with that. You can actually buy crypto through PayPal. There's Coinbase, of course. That's I think they just started trading um, on the stock exchange here in the last couple of weeks. So that gives them a little, you know, a little more credibility. They've been around for a little while. Um, Binance, I believe, is how it's pronounced. Instead of finance, you start it with a B. Binance is another one that's been around for quite some time. The thing you have to watch for the in all of this stuff, of course, is the percentage of uh, the cost of charges. You know, with it, I think most of them are at least three percent. Some are quite a bit higher. So you need to be aware that, you know, any profits you might make go, might go right back to the percentage of charges that, that are, are going. But, of course, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. I just will tell you, I think you really, really, really need to be careful. Or, or if you don't want to learn a lot about it, then go really go to somebody that you trust, like a PayPal, and, you know, let – and then put money in there and they keep track of it all for you. They'll keep track of the, if you make money on it, of course, uh, you'll have, you'll have tax ramifications because of that. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to give you that paperwork that you need to do that with. Of course, if that's not what you're wanting to do, then there are probably other ways that you can go about that yet. So you don't have to report all of the income that you're making. I shouldn't be saying that too loud, I guess, but I think some people get into that because they want to hide uh, income or whatever. And of course, the opportunity to move money from one person to another is still pretty easy with with uh, crypto, which is one of the cool things about it. So, um, but just, just be careful out there. Um, TikTok. So TikTok's gone through kind of a rocky – well, it's been interesting. I, I guess I won't say rocky road, but uh, as I'm now thinking about ice cream when I say that, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Rocky road ice cream. But they've they've uh, had a, little, a few challenges over the last uh, couple years. 
lot of it because it's a Chinese-based uh, type of company. And of course, uh, when it was going to potentially be banned in the United States, then a uh, you know entity stepped up in the United States to to help alleviate that and take it over. I will say, I've been thinking about I I. I get caught up in TikTok occasionally. I get on there and I like to watch uh, some of the things, probably not the things that you're thinking. Of course, there are a lot of young people that are, you know, whether <laughs> they're dancing or whatever. But the algorithm obviously knows that I don't care to watch that so much. I like the do-it-yourself type of videos. I love watching, like, woodworkers create things and 3D printing type of things and... I think it's pretty cool. The things I've learned off of TikTok, again, you got to be, you got to investigate things. Even some things in the cryptocurrency area I've, I've learned on TikTok, on TikTok haven't, uh, but I make sure that I investigate things before I really get into them if I was going to invest money into something that I see on TikTok or whatever. So just like everything else, investigate, learn. Um, but I find TikTok really interesting in, in that area um, of probably more than anything else, making me aware of things that I wasn't aware of before. You know, there's just that browsing feature that goes on and, you know, you'll, you'll see things that you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I found, for example, there were some apps uh, that this, this one person bully, brings out uh, these cool little apps that they like to, that he likes to show off and, and uh, one of them the other day is, is an app called ClipDrop. It's only for iPhone and iPad. But ClipDrop, basically, you're able to take a picture. Let's just say the microphone that I'm talking into right now. And almost immediately, we'll remove that the background from that image. And then you can take that. And let's say you want to put it on a website um, because I want to sell that type of microphone or... You know, I want to put it on a different background or whatever. You can do that. It's it's absolutely incredible uh, how easy that is to do with ClipDrop. There's a lot of other things it does as well, uh, but the ability to remove that background, which used to be a very very difficult thing to do, the AI uh, in this app called ClipDrop is very very cool. So again, it's only available on iPhone and iPad, so I can't use that on my Android, which is what I carry with me. But uh, I do have an iPad, so I do use ClipDrop occasionally for those type of things, and it's really, really cool. So, and I learned about that because of TikTok. You know, there's a, um, you know, even the Waymo driverless taxi. I knew that that was going on, but there's been a couple people that I've watched now that have taken those taxis. Uh, in TikTok, and you know, it's fun to to watch and hear about the apprehension of riding on in those vehicles and and that type of thing. So it's it's really interesting. I think that you know TikTok has a place. I think it's easy to watch. You know, if you have five or ten minutes waiting someplace or whatever, you know, make sure you have your headphones on because don't bother people while they're while they're doing their thing too. But but I think it's a fun way to, to you know, consume a, a couple extra minutes and maybe learn a few things. That's uh, that's kind of what I enjoy about TikTok more than anything else. I like being introduced to new things, whether 
whether I like them or not is one thing, but uh, I don't have a lot of time commitment into those things that I don't like. I can just swipe and move on to the next thing. So, um, you know, the last thing for today is my phone. So I talk a lot about phones, of course, and I have the Samsung 20, 20 plus, as a matter of fact. And I know that uh, I've probably had this now for seven or eight months. Not the Samsung 21. I haven't really played with that a whole lot. But there's a couple features on the Samsung 20 that I really, really enjoy. You know, the first one is something, speaking of phones, there it goes beeping at me right now. Uh, but it, it uh, just like the Samsung I think I had the Samsung 9 before. I guess they went to 9, 10, 20. I forget the, the, you know, the order, I guess, so to speak, of what they've been in. But the one feature that I didn't think I'd ever use that is now my favorite feature is the ability to write notes on my screen. I don't even take paper into meetings anymore. I just write all my notes on my screen. I think it's absolutely fantastic how that works. And uh, they're organized when I have a few minutes here and there, especially on the plane, I'll sort through those notes. Uh, it'll transcode them for you. So if you need to import something that, you, that you've handwritten on there into something you want to put into like a Word doc or whatever, it'll actually make them a font uh, and, and uh, so that you can do that, So which is pretty cool. Uh, the other thing I like is, you know, the photography on these things, uh, these cameras are becoming, the sensors on them are becoming better all the time. And on this particular phone, the ability to take pictures at night is just absolutely stunning. I've actually taken photos like in the mountains where I can't, at night when I can't even see my hand in front of my face, and yet I'll hold my phone up and take a photo and realize I'm standing on a road or next to a bunch of trees or whatever, and and the image is actually really, really good. So um, it's just absolutely impressive, the things. I, you know, I think we're at a time right now, you know, when, when we first had cell phones and we used to pay like 400 bucks a month for a cell phone. This is, you know, 20, 25 years ago now, whatever. It was expensive, and it, you only had the ability to communicate. And that was a big deal, of course, but talking on your phone now takes is, is about 9% of what people do on their phones. It's all the other cool things that, that mini computer that you have in your, in your pocket or in your purse that allows you to do many more things. You know, you, you actually, even though you might be spending a couple hundred bucks for a couple phones or whatever, I'd be willing to bet that if you actually penciled it out, you probably save way more than that every month if you didn't have that with you. So, you know, whether it's lost time because if you had <laughs> a roadmap, for example, and you had to figure out a way to get someplace, you you know, it used to be where you came into a town and, and you didn't know how to, how to navigate the town, so you would go into a convenience store and either ask directions or buy a Rand McNally map to get yourself around. And then you have to, you still have to open the map. And I love doing this, by the way, I love maps, but, uh, don't always have the time. I mean, this ability to be able to navigate around a town to find an address almost immediately is, is really, really a big deal, right? Uh, the coupon apps, the ability to, 
order meals and, and get reviews on hotel stays, um, you know, all of that stuff just really, really becomes a big deal. So, um, you know, and we'll get into that in another show as well, the kind of money that you actually save every month on your phone. But really appreciate you all being here today again. Marlo Anderson, the guru of geek. So glad that you're here. You can follow me on Facebook at Guru of Geek, on Twitter at Guru of Geek, and on Instagram as well. So until next week, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic whatever. I was trying to come up with some tech saying that I'm not, I'm going to have to work on that. I'm going to have to have some type of sign off uh, moving forward. And by the way, we are rebranding the show. Uh, it will, moving forward, uh, will become Living with Technology. And you're going to be able to see the show on television in the very near future as well, as, as well. So we're very, very excited to be bringing that to you too. So until next time, everybody, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Living with Technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production. Thank you for listening to Living with Technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production.